Hey there, welcome back to the Northwest Audio Podcast, Midweek Formation, where we give some supplemental content to take your formation beyond Sunday morning. My name is Nick, I'm the community pastor here at Northwest, and I'm here with our lead pastor, Luke. Today we're starting a new conversation on the four themes of Advent, following along with our Sunday teachings this month. Today's theme, hope. Hey, what's up, audience, church fam, listeners? Glad you're with us. Yeah, welcome. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back. We're done talking about songs. We've we, moved on from them. We have. Um, but it was fun. But still listen to them. They're still good. Uh, but no, we're as I said, we're going to be talking about Advent um, for the next month going into Christmas, so the four weeks. Um, we're going to be packing, unpacking themes um, of hope, peace, joy, and love, um, and how they relate to Christ's coming um, many, many, many moons ago, um, and how they also uh, can help us put ourselves in a posture of anticipation, awaiting his return once again for him to come back to earth. Amen. So, uh, yeah. So let's talk about hope. You, you talked about a little bit this, a little bit of this on Sunday with your message. So just kind of, let's kind of just piggyback off of that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, uh, me to be totally honest with you, I knew very little about Advent before we prepared for Advent <laughs> this coming this coming Christmas yes. at Northwest, and that's um, I so I guess it's a fault of my own. I I, I kind of want to say that's no fault of my own, nah, but I guess it is. Fault. I guess it is a fault of my own. But being raised first in the Methodist Church and then the Evangelical Church. Uh, Advent was a tradition that really wasn't integrated into either one yeah. of those um, denominations. No. Um, so this, you know, Advent has a very Catholic Lutheran yep. kind of vibe to it. It's got a lot of uh, strings attached to those two streams of of the church. Um, however, I have discovered that I am now an Advent fanboy. Yes, it's beautiful. <laughs> it, it is, is beautiful. a beautiful season. Yes, yes. And so I, I'm a student and, uh, you know, as pastors, we have to be students, Nick. And so I just researched and read and prayed and researched and read and prayed. And um, I discovered, I stumbled upon a, an awesome book by Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Love, Love Diedrich. Love that guy. I didn't even know this book existed until this this year called God is in the manger mm. um, reflections and meditations on Advent and Christmas. And that sounds been, fantastic. Oh my gosh, dude. It is so, so good. And it is exactly what it sounds like. It's kind of like a devotional, but not a devotional. Yeah. It, it feels and sounds like a devotional, but it is him in prison. His last two years in prison before he was hung. Yeah. Um, and he, basically spent his last couple of years writing essays, writing uh, books and thinking about Advent, dude. That's so, so cool. Here he is like writing about Advent and writing about, so that's been a, that's been very formative for me. Also just looking back at church history and, and church tradition and discovering how the church has facilitated Advent for, you know, a couple thousand years now. And um, it is a really beautiful tradition, but it's predicated on like a spiritual and theological reality. Mm. And I think that's why it's so beautiful is because it's, 
sometimes traditions are traditions because they're traditions and not yes. because yes. there's <laughs> not because there's any like meaning behind the tradition. Like right. we put red on our pews because yes. you don't have a reason yeah, why you put that's red just cushions the color on that your we've pews. always used. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've discovered that Advent um, is way more meaningful and deep than I had ever imagined mm. than I had ever thought. Yeah. And on Sunday, when I had the opportunity to share with our church about hope uh, and how hope is, is the response to disappointment and how hope um, is something that we can kind of get trapped in, we can think about hope as it pertains to hope for, on an outcome, in an outcome, mm. versus putting our hope in Jesus yeah. and how different those two things are. And Advent, like I said on Sunday, is that time period. That, that's the thing about Advent is... You can get really confused. Like people, well, I asked myself, what does Advent mean? Yeah. <laughs> what is the Advent or right. an Advent or is an Advent? Is it a noun, a verb, an adjective? An like why is it Advent? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why is Advent? And I had to, after spending time in prayer and reading and research, um, I way overthought it. Mm. Really, I really, really overthought it uh, because that Latin word Adventus means coming, uh, which is based on the Greek word parousia which means second coming. Wow. So Advent really just celebrates a time period. Yeah. That's what it is. It's a time period. It's a celebration of a time period between Jesus's resurrection and his second coming. Yeah. So it captures this time period that emphasizes and acknowledges that the human soul longs and waits um, and just yearns yes. for that second coming. What I love about Advent personally is that um it perfectly encapsulates the idea of like now and not yet absolutely it perfectly encapsulates like because and it's perfectly placed too in the calendar year around christmas you know it's as we remember christ's fulfillment then we can put our hope in his fulfillment to come yeah it's like a it's a perfect you know looking both ways seeing it's like christ on the bookends Christ you know, on the bookends. It's like you can see him Hashtag start it. That. You can see him start the restoration. You can see him start his bringing of kingdom and how he fulfilled everything that he said he was going to fulfill. And then you can look forward and look ahead. And as we wait for him to come back, we know that he will do it because he's done it before. Yeah. And it's like this perfect, full circle, beautiful thing. Ah, oh, I love it. So good. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just think that Every one of us puts our hope in an ideal outcome mm. before we put our hope in the person who has the control to create mm. that outcome. And I think that's why we are people of disappointment is because we're so hopeful, which actually, when I think about it, when we put our hope in an outcome, we're actually participating in wishful thinking. It's mm, like blowing out yeah. candles on a cake. It's like you're making a wish. You know, it's actually interesting that you say that because even even if it's a godly thing, even if even if what you're putting your hope in is not like a bad thing, but you're like, man, I really I'm putting my hope in this outcome of of whatever that Jesus is going to that God's going to do this. Like you are you're almost setting yourself up like I'm mean, sure that might be the thing that happens, but you are setting yourself up for disappointment if it doesn't. Right. And I see what you're saying of like, if you put your hope in Jesus and say like, Lord, whatever you do, 
that is what I'm excited for. And that is yes. what I'm waiting for. Then you literally can't go wrong. You're going <laughs> to wait either way. That's what yeah. I've kind of discovered in like the, the hope building process. If I want to be a person of hope, I'm going to wait either way, whether yeah. I put my hope in an outcome that's yeah. outside of my control, or I put my hope in Jesus who is in control. I'm waiting either way. Yeah. Right. And I'm anticipating either way. It's just that one, I'm expecting that if the stars line up just right yeah. and all of the environmental factors are in my favor, then that outcome that I want so bad might happen. You're going to be waiting and you're likely going to be disappointed. Yeah. You put your hope in Jesus, you're still going to wait. It's just that now that trust is placed in an unmoving, unshakable alpha omega yeah. God man who has complete supreme sovereignty over all things. I love the phrase God man. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously that's the discipline. Yeah. The discipline for us is to look at this advent, this time period between Jesus's resurrection and his second coming and use this season, which is the the tradition is the four Sundays in December, yeah. the four weeks in December that you would, the week one, hope, uh, week two, um, peace, and then joy, and then love. And, and we would use those time periods, those four weeks in that whole month to look forward to Jesus's birth, which already happened. So yeah. it's kind of like a both and. It's like yeah. you look forward to it, but you also like look back at yes, it. Yes, 100%. <laughs> because it already happened. But just like a birthday, right? It are, your birthday happened last year. You look forward to your birthday this year. Does that make sense? That's actually a great point. I know. Because you you turned, you know, how old are you, man? <laughs> 22. 20, you turned 21, 22 last year. Yeah. You're going to turn 23 this year. Yeah. You're still looking forward to your birthday. So we can still look forward to Jesus's birth, even though it already happened. Yeah. Jesus is turning 2,000 and... <laughs> 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 Which is a really great question. Is like when we meet Jesus face to face, will he be thirty three? You know, it's like yeah, or mean, <laughs> or will he be like the baby in the manger? Maybe the manger. <laughs> You'll walk up to the heavenly gates and he'll yeah. just like cry at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But to your point about being the baby in the manger, I think that Advent forces us um, the slowing down and the reflecting and the hoping and the waiting. It forces us to look at this wealth mm. in poverty. Mm. It's it's the it's the most amazing dual. Um, these things shouldn't go together, yeah. but they're together. Yeah, wealth in poverty. Here is this baby in a food trough, likely in the back of a cave. Yeah, um, because there was no room in the you know the Motel Six, and it was the most humble of beginnings. Yeah, and. and completely opposite that of a king right like no purple like there was no purple robing there no. was no fine feasts it was this baby in a in a in a stable it, like we're talking like the back of a barn man and wealth and poverty and so that brings it it forces us it forces us to be humbled yeah. by god and also to expect in our lack it's like a just as Christ showed wealth and poverty. It's us recognizing in this season, we are reminded to be content even in the not yet yeah. portion of life. In the fact that like kingdom has not been fully brought in. Like it's not fully, the world is not fully restored. And we, we can, we all know that that's for sure. Um, 
And it's almost like that. this is this reminder that God is working, even in the midst of what it doesn't look like he's working. Sure. Um, and to, you know, be content with what God is doing and yeah. what God is going to do. And you can just like sit here in this, like, you know what, I can trust. I can trust that God is, is working and that God is doing a good thing. Um, I can put my hope in his work. Um, I think it's interesting. I, I just want to barely touch on what you had said a second ago um, one more time about the wishful thinking. It almost makes me think of when you have high expectations for something and like some sort of experience and it happens, the experience happens and it doesn't quite meet the expectations. Like it's not like, it's not what you thought it was going to be. Um, I, I just think of, you know, when you're like, I'm so excited for this moment. I'm so excited for this. And then it happens and you're like, this wasn't exactly what I thought it would feel like. like yeah. I overhyped it in yeah. my head. Yeah. I thought it was going to be way cooler. <laughs> this wasn't as cool in person as it was yes. on my Amazon wish list. Yes, exactly. That's a perfect <laughs> example. Yeah. The susceptibility of wishful thinking is, uh, it's no good. Yeah. That we are conditioned for wishful thinking. Mm. And so everything from blowing out candles on a cake, which is a little silly, but we, we really do like just sometimes hopelessly hope. Yeah. And so we will hope for something, but it's not based on or it doesn't correspond to reality at all. Yeah. Well, it's almost it's like, like I hope I win the lottery, but you don't even play the lottery. It's a, you know bran- it's a, it's it's like, a branch of anxiety almost. Totally. It's is. like they're, they're in the same boat of this, you know, I'm looking I'm looking to the future. I'm looking to the future and I either have good expectations or bad expectations. The good expectations are wishful thinking. The bad expectations are anxieties. Yes. And both are not good. Both are not good. <laughs> because both are both, not godly. Yes. Yes. Because the wishful thinking will leave you disappointed and the anxiety will just burden you now and through, up to through the moment. Like, yeah. like both things are just going to, you know, negatively affect you. I, I almost feel like... <sighs> Sometimes I think the enemy is just so acute with the way that he does things. Yeah. Like it's not, we always expect him, you know, it's very much like the story of um, Elijah when he's like, hey, God's not in the fire. God's not in this. And he's in the whisper. And it's like, you expect God to move in these big ways, but he actually moves in small ways. Yeah. I think the enemy is exactly the same. He's, you know, he's always stealing God's moves. Totally. And so it's like he, you expect him to work in the big ways and to be like, I'm going to send hellfire down or I'm going to ruin your life. But it's actually, he's doing the most acute, small, subtle things that you don't even know are there. Yeah. Like an over expectation. Yeah. Or, or a fear of something that's coming in the future that you don't need to be afraid of. Right. Like it's those things that just kind of get in the way. Um, and you know, there are Advent devotionals, uh, for each Sunday of this month. And as I was, writing the ones for hope and peace in particular. Um, I think it was mainly peace, but I was realizing how the enemy plants things mm. to completely counteract the, the attributes of God. Um, so like for hope, the enemy brings in like wishful thinking. He brings in disappointment to yeah. counteract the hope that is in Jesus. Yes. Subtly. Subtly. In peace. When, when we are feeling at peace with, with the presence of God, he brings in anxiety. He yeah. brings in fear. He brings in these things. And so I think it's really important for us to just be really aware of that. Like we need to be so, so aware of what the enemy is doing, 
even the smallest of things. Um, because, you know, as we're going to be talking about the next four weeks, like God is hope, peace, joy, love. Yeah. If it is not those things, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is not from God. Yep. Like, Amen. we just have to remember that and we have to be on guard against those things. Amen. I didn't expect to go that direction, but I just I'm like, glad you did. It's important. And there's something about Thanksgiving. I mentioned this on Sunday, right? There's something about Thanksgiving and Christmas and the holidays that amplify mm. th- the hopelessness around us. Mm. And so we actually look to the season hopeful that it will renew hope. Yeah. But this season actually renews hopelessness. <laughs> mm. There's something about uh, holiday gatherings and decorations and Christmas songs and mm. the Thanksgiving period, the Christmas period, the shopping. It, it they're all reminders of previous pains. Yeah, and it's it's like a double-edged sword, man. It's mm. like it's supposed to be festive and fun, but it renews these hopeless yeah. feelings because you're still single, because you're still in debt. Yeah. Because you're still, um, you know, fighting with your parents or your sisters or brothers, or you got fired from your job and you still can't find another job. Yeah. So like it renews hopelessness. But here's the good news of Advent. There's the Advent creates so much hope if we would just take the time to reallocate our, our and redirect our hope. Mm. Let me say it this way. The good news is that if you are experiencing a hope deficiency this season, it's not because you lack the capacity to hope. It's because your hope has been placed on the wrong things. Mm. So it has, you have the capacity to hope. It's just that your hope uh, is like a commodity. It's like, it's like cash. If you're going to put your cash on something that's going to take your cash, like, you know, an arcade, you know, not give back to you. Well, then you're going to feel a hope deficiency. But if you place your hope on a person rather than an outcome or a thing, and that person being Jesus, um, you might not get what you want right away, but you've placed your hope on a trustworthy person, God, who intends to care for your soul, who intends to lead you, who intends to speak to you, who intends to resolve many of the unresolved things in your soul. Mm. And so... That's the good news of Advent. That's the good news of the subject of hope. Yeah. Is that if you're like, great, another year of holidays, another year of family gatherings, another year of me being in debt, another year of me being lonely, another, you know, mm. all the things, right? In the blank, yeah. Dude, I I hear me when I say we are all very much alike as human beings, yeah. and it's easy for all of us to experience hope deficiencies. But the good news is, is that you do not lack the capacity to hope. You've placed your hope on the wrong person or the wrong thing. Yeah. Place it on Jesus. Yeah. How do you do that? That's really the larger question yeah. is like, how do you re- redirect your thoughts of expectations onto, onto Jesus? Yeah. And I mean, practically speaking, we, like you said, we are conditioned to hope. We naturally, even if it's just like subconscious, we're always hoping. Always. We're hoping in random things. We're hoping in what lunch will taste like as we make it like we're literally you know Dude, I mean? i'll hope in the weather I'm like, I, I hope yes, it's sunny next week yes i hope it's i hope it feels this way today i yeah. hope that you know this food tastes good i hope that this shirt fits just right when i go try it on in two minutes like it's we are constantly hoping for a future outcome of some kind and yep. so i do want to acknowledge like don't beat yourself up like 
to an extent, you can't really like fully escape the fact that you will always be hoping for some sort of outcome, whether immediate or long term. Like the goal is is not to be perfect at that. The goal is not to be like, I'm never going to hope in anything again and I'm going to be so good at it. Like, Hope's utility is yes. dead to me. Yeah, no. Um, if we're just being realistic, you're always going to be hoping. Um, the goal is really just to not let those things cloud yourself like don't let them cloud you don't let them cloud your judgment don't let them cloud um the hope that's in jesus like let the hope in jesus be the main thing um which is difficult is difficult we have to acknowledge that reality yeah um but it's worth it oh it's totally worth it if you put your effort into it try your best try your best to put your hope in jesus you will not regret putting your hope in jesus um you will wait but you, will you wait. won't regret it. You'll wait, but you will not regret and it. You're going to wait either way. You're going to wait either way. It's a great way and to I say it. And I think that um, the the discipline for followers of Jesus that we can actually share with the weary world around us um, is that waiting, I really believe, is the discipline to become someone who hopes well. Mm. And so let's to kind of review some of those main points from from Sunday talking about like how the 400 years kind of has a reputation in scripture, how the period of the judges, 400 years, the period of the Kings, 400 years, the period of the prophets, 400 years, the intertestamental period between old, old covenant, new covenant was roughly 400 years. And then Jesus. So what does that tell us? Like I said on Sunday, that God eventually breaks his silence. Mm. Right. And so waiting feels like God's not doing anything or saying anything. But what we know in scripture is that God does eventually break a silence, Yeah. right? Um, I don't believe that we um, have to wait 400 years <laughs> because we have the Holy Spirit yeah. and the Holy Spirit regularly speaks to us and really regularly breaks the silence, so to speak. However, I do think that just like a little child, I remember this, Nick, when I was a kid, right when we would put up our Christmas tree at home, mm-hmm. I would be hoping and thinking about the gifts I like wanted for Christmas, right? I was just a kid, yeah. right? And so I'd like make a list for Santa and my parents would ask me, you know, what do you want for Christmas? And then I'd have to wait like a month mm-hmm. before those gifts could be opened. And I know that's a, a pretty rough parallel. Yeah. However, there is some truth to waiting for God's right time. Mm. At just the right time, God will and does break his silence. And Jesus in the manger broke the silence of the intertestamental period of 400 years. And so if you want to hope well, you need to wait well. Yeah, You've got to get good at being uncomfortable in the waiting. Mm. Because I know that so many of our people, so much, so many people just in our state, not even just in our church, but just in the world in general, are so hopeless. Yeah, Because they've been disappointed so many times. And because of whatever it was that they were hoping for never came to pass. It never came true. And perhaps there's there's a value in analyzing and assessing what we were hoping for and some of that wishful thinking. But I do believe that if we place our hope in Jesus, um, it means that we'll have to wait well. Um, and it means that we'll have to trust that at just the right time, God does break his silence in our lives. Yeah. Man, I feel like that's just the the heart of Advent. Period. Just waiting. That totally it's, is. It's just waiting well. It's, it's waiting well. 
understanding that like you will be waiting. And I mean, I think I, I said this earlier, just like we can acknowledge that the world around us is not perfect. It is not, you know, God's kingdom from, from A to Z. Like that is not the case. Right. Um, and so while we desire that, we have to wait. Yep. Like we have to wait for it to happen. Um, we have to wait for him to return. Um, Here's the cool thing about that waiting that might be different from uh, waiting for your gas tank to fill up right at the gas mm -hmm. station. We wait on Jesus's return expectantly. Mm. It's not wishful thinking. Like it's gonna happen. Yeah. Right. It's gonna happen. Um, when we wait on Jesus, we can wait with like eager expectation rather than wishful thinking. Wishful yeah. thinking is it might happen. Waiting on Jesus is it will happen. Yeah. I guess the, I like that you use the gas pump analogy there. Like it actually makes more sense when you think of it in the sense of like when we, we have different hopes, different kinds of hope on a, on a, just like a day to day level. Um, and the one of one of which is the wishful thinking. The other, which is like, this is going to happen. This is going like, to happen. What I think of, you know, when you're filling up your gas tank, I don't sit there being like, man, I hope it finishes. Right. No, I know it's going to finish. Or like if I'm, you know, um, I don't, I don't know. Just like on any given day, if I'm, you know, driving to work, it's not like a, well, I hope I make it in, in my mind, because I'm just used to, you know, my routine. I'm just like, yeah, I'll be there in five minutes. Like I will yeah. be there. Like there, there's a different feeling inside of you of that, a different kind of hope feeling. Um, now granted those things can fail you. You may not make it in five minutes. <laughs> you the gas the gas pump might break. You might run you know, out of gas. Jesus yeah. Jesus will show up, and that you can count on. You can yes. take that to the bank. That will be there. Um, but I do think it's a, it's a great way to try and understand the feeling mm. um, inside that you feel like there's there's two those two kind of hopes. Um, one of which where you're just like very confident, and you're like, yeah, this is gonna happen, and then another hope where you're like. Oh. I really hope it's going to happen. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, and for some reason... My hope is in this because I know it's going to happen yes. versus I hope it happens. Yes. Yeah. And and so it's like, uh, for some reason, in the, the Christian world, maybe it's just because of, it's because of the fact that it's religion, because it's spiritual, it's maybe like a little bit mystical, but like we always put Jesus in the I hope it happens category. Yeah. We always put him in this, man, I really hope he comes back. We need to repent of that. I hope he comes back. I hope yeah. he comes back. And and maybe maybe we don't mean to do that sure. intentionally, but that's definitely the feeling. Oh, totally. Like the feeling, the turmoil inside of us feels more like the the wishful thinking kind of hope than the expectant hope. Totally agree. And so what kind of like peace would that bring? Like how could that remove the jitters a little bit of like, ooh, you know, I hope he comes back. I hope this is real. Like I hope this is actually going to happen. I hope that what I'm what I'm putting my life towards actually means something. Right. Rather than having this confidence, this bold confidence in the faithfulness of God. Um that's just an interesting thought to me of like how we've put him into this wishful thinking category rather than in the confidence confidence oh, the confidence there's that there's the word it's confidence yeah and i think that when we are confident people like like at the quote i shared on sunday about uh, diedrich bonhoeffer saying advent creates people new people mm. 
And when we become people who hope confidently Hmm. and we are sure that Jesus is returning, he's going to return. My hope is in that. Yeah. Right. And we can place our trust and our hope in Jesus that these other needs of ours will be met too. When we're made new, um, like that each and every morning, we have the opportunity to be made new. I think that we are made new into like an engaged person. We're now engaged in the world. We're made new in a merciful person. Now we're more merciful. Um, instead of like sitting in a corner, wishfully thinking that God's going to like show up and you know, whatever. Yeah. Now we're like, you know what? I have so much assuredness and confidence that the hope I have in Jesus is secure that frees me to engage with the world in a way that the the world is so weary. The world is so weary. And Advent creates people. It creates new people that are engaged with that weary world. And so I, you know, in a, in a turn of events here, I think Advent really brings about a missional impulse yeah. in the follower of Jesus, even though we're expectantly waiting and sometimes waiting can be hard. It can yeah. be really hard. We can share that confidence and that hope that we have, that assuredness with people that have no hope in anything. Yeah that are completely hopeless. So the the time period of Advent can be the most missional time period of the whole year yeah. because people's hopelessnesses, hopelessnesses is, <laughs> are at like an all-time high. People are hopeless at an all-time high during the holidays. It is, and yet Jesus people should have a hope filled at an all-time high yeah. during the holidays. And we can use that as missional enterprise to yeah. like, reach out to our neighbors and and meet the needs of the suffering and mm-hmm. the poor. And, um, you know, I'm, I want to, I don't mean to get all preachy on our podcast, but seriously, seriously, like look for the opportunities all around you this season, this month to engage with the hurt and the weariness of our city and the unique um, opportunities God's given everyday Jesus followers, just like you and me, like we are no one special, but we point to someone who is very special. And that's what people need. They need the hope that Jesus offers. And that hope, that confidence, that assuredness uh, that Jesus loves and that Jesus cares, that Jesus died for you and that Jesus reigns for you and Jesus wants you and Jesus has every intention to um, lead you and to bring you life and life to the fullness. Is that what John 10, 10 says? To give you a full life. So. Advent is this incredible uh, tradition that comes from the Catholic Lutheran stream, but really can be a very evangelical, missional uh, activity. It really can. Yeah. See what I did there? I turned it into... (laughs) Turned it into evangelism. It's evangelistic Um, in nature. It has to be. It has to be. Uh, it absolutely has to be because everything God has given us, he's given to us so that we can give away again. Yeah. And I'm so you know confident. In that. You know, what's so interesting to me is that if we have confidence, like a hope filled confidence and a peace about that. Um, well, for one, I think the four themes of Advent build on each other. I think when you are confident, you are at peace. When you are at peace, you can have, you have capacity for joy. And when you are filled with joy, 
you're able to love. Look at look what you um, just did there, man. That was awesome. So, yeah, those are in the devotionals. It's really great. Um, Come on. <laughs> but yeah, th- those four things, they build on each other. And so the way I see it is that if you are walking in, in confidence, if you are living from hope, peace, joy, love, it almost doesn't matter when it happens. Like you're no longer walking around like, God, I hope Jesus comes back today. I hope he comes back. I'm just tired and the world sucks and I just really hope he comes back. No, instead you can say he'll come back one day and I'm not worried about it. And he's got that time already settled. He's got the time. He's, he's settled that he has decided when he's going to come back and he has good reasons for doing that because you know, he's a great God who knows much better than I do. And so I don't need to, I don't need to sit here and freak out about it. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna live. Right. And I'm going to live in hope, peace, joy, and love because that's what God has called me to do. I'm going to do the things that he told me to do in the meantime. Yep. That is waiting well. Is is yep. is obeying what God has told you to do in the meantime. Don't worry about when he's coming back because he's already got that figured out. There's nothing you can do about it anyways. <laughs> you like, can't, can't speed it up. You can't speed it up. You can't like, you know, wish it into existence. Like right. it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? And so you might as well wait well. <laughs> might as go. well wait well. Yeah. Um, and just do what he told you to do in the meantime. Yep. And and I know that there are more people who are, there are definitely those of us who are like hoping and hoping Jesus would come back and come back soon. Yeah. I think the average Joe, like you and me, we're, we, we wake up and we're hoping that um, we're, you know, we're hoping that we don't lose our job. Yeah. We're hoping that we do not, we don't get an unexpected medical bill. Yeah. We're hoping that our kids do well in school or they don't get suspended from school. <laughs> We're hoping that, um, the, the girl that you're dating, um, really likes you. You're hoping that the yeah. guy that you're dating loves Jesus as much as you do. You're hoping that he proposes, you know, before Christmas, you're hoping, you spring know, by spring. Yeah. You're hoping that when you're, sister or your brother comes into town for Christmas, it won't be as dramatic as it was last year. Right. So like all of these, it, we're, we're hoping about just like the everyday material of life. That doesn't mean that Jesus doesn't care about all that stuff. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if we're wishfully thinking that um, if the stars line up and all the environmental factors are in our favor, that they will somehow go well. Uh, yeah. We're blowing out candles for no reason. Yeah. We, we really need to be, using whatever hope um, currency we have, that commodity of hope that we have and place it all on the person of Jesus. You have a limited amount of hope inside of you. You know how I know that? Because many people are hopeless. Okay. So whatever hope you do have needs to be placed on Jesus and be it by prayer, be it by worship, be it by choosing deep down inside of you that you're going to place your hope in Jesus today that even if your sister or your brother comes into town and makes Christmas dramatic this year, that Jesus is still who he says he is. He still loves you. He still will get it through. He will help you get through that season. He will not leave you. He will not abandon you. Uh, You are still precious to him. Um, And he has uh, your best in mind. And so if you're like, well, I'm still jobless. I'm still unemployed, Luke. What am I supposed to do? Do I just wait around until God emails me a job? It's like, no, you should probably go apply for jobs. Absolutely. Don't wait around like that. But but no, but no, 
that Jesus is Jesus is trustworthy in that process. Yeah. You can place your hope in Jesus while you apply for yeah. new jobs, it's, while you do those things. It's like we talked about with always good. It's trusting that God is working for the good even when it doesn't necessarily feel like it. Even even in the times where you're like stressing out about something. Yeah. Trusting that God is God is at work and God is going to do a good thing. Some of you right now are, are hoping that you're going to get a Christmas bonus and you're not you're not sure yet. You're hoping I get a Christmas bonus. You can place your hope on Jesus regardless mm. of whether you get a yep. Christmas bonus and that he is worthy of your hope. And that brings about a security that even a Christmas bonus can't give you. Yeah. You know, it makes me think of, uh, and this kind of ties into peace a little bit, so we might be getting ahead of ourselves, but um, <laughs> I think it's important. Um, this makes me think of Matthew 6, and I'm just going to read it. Jesus says, starting in verse 25, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or, your, or about your body, or what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Yep. That's the big one right there. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow mm. will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I love when Jesus is like, Super realistic, like that. I love when it's like exactly each day dude. has enough trouble. And so he's like, Thank you for acknowledging reality, Jesus. You yeah, have Jesus a much better like, pulse on reality than Jesus we do. Jesus is like, Today sucks enough, man. Why you gotta think about tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, when I hear you say all that, um, I'm, I'm reminded again of just how worthy God is of our, of our trust and our hope. And I think that the, the phrase, that just keeps coming to me that we already talked about for this podcast is to hope well is to wait well, mm -hmm. to hope well is to wait well. Yeah. He already knows. He already he knows. Already and knows. He, he already knows what you need. He cares about what you need. He cares about those things that you hope for. Yeah. But if you just put your hope in him, everything will fall in the place of the way it needs to just trust. Just wait. Well, what's that song? Trust and obey. There's no other way. You remember that song? No, I grew up in the Methodist church, so <laughs> there is that song. I trust and obey. It's a good thing I don't sing. <laughs> Too funny. <laughs> oh my god! All right, friends and family, to hope well is to wait well. So please hope well this season by waiting well this season. Yeah. If you have questions or things you want us to talk about on the podcast, please let us know. You can do that by going to the media tab on our website at mercyroadnw.com. 
On our website, you'll also be able to find more details and information about our community, and you can get a hold of me or Luke directly as well if you go to the staff page. So thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Soon.